Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert. Hello. And we're back. We uh, literally just saw each other just about an hour and a half ago. So we just wrapped up a little RTT here in Phoenix, but we have all the action from around the globe, as well as all the news that's related to competitive flight in the world of Warhammer 40,000. Uh, a couple of you have written in, hey, how come you guys didn't talk about this? And uh, one Small things we kind of looked at is, um, didn't think it was that big a change, but maybe after a further review, but you may have noticed a change in the Games Workshop website, and uh, Forge World is gone. Uh, sad to see it go, or good riddance? What do you think, Robert? Well, seeing as I have both of those websites as bookmarks on my PC, and they go to the same website now, okay, it's whatever. Because <laughs> they still show off all of the fancy four kits as expert kits that are rated for 15 plus. So if you've looked at Forge World enough, you kind of generally know what a Forge World mini is going to be. But for newer people who are getting into the hobby, this makes it easier to define, oh, what's an actual unit versus what's Forge World? Instead of I walk up with my my custodes and I go, yeah, here's some dudes, other dudes, other dudes, and two hover tanks. What are those? Oh, oh they're Caladiuses. You've never seen them before, have you? <clears throat> yeah, it's that kind of thing where I don't have to explain where the Caladiuses come from. They just get to deal with the fact that it's like, yeah, here's four shots of lethal hits against vehicles at strength 12. <laughs> always a fun fun to run into that if you've not expected it yeah for me it's um, kind of a love hate time thing um, mm -hmm. the fancy models that I used to like so much from Forge well, they don't make anymore and so it just feels like there's less and less on the site lately and quite frankly it always got from a TO standpoint for me it was always like Oh, can we shoehorn this random unit that didn't get updated properly? So it gives me an unfair advantage. And um, lately, it seems like the trend since, um, probably since mostly in 9th and 10th edition, is well, if it's a forgeable unit, we're just going to overcost it. So it's not the meant to be a competitive piece. I think that they eventually legend in a couple items and a couple items actually mm -hmm. just got uh, stopped being made, which I was kind of annoyed with because um, they were kind of some nice pieces to go to with the game. So the only thing I'm worried about is, is this being forgeable units will start showing up in codices and listed as expert models. Well, I know this also takes away the Imperium armor. <clears throat> wow, yeah. my dinner is really stuck in my throat today. Um, which is a good thing. It's a, because the Imperium Armor book, okay, we're only ever going to release it once. And here's like hundreds of data sheets. Oh, you bought this $60 book for two data sheets. So it makes well, it easier than that. Go ahead. Yeah, I remember like, um, I think it was 7th edition. I was um, the was it the battle for Minamar. It was, it had like corsair rules and obscure formations and ways of building a unique craft world armies. I mean, it was like 
almost an additional Eldari codex on the side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that got invalidated pretty fast. And but those those books, yeah, and if if you could find them, that was the other key thing. Is stock was always hard to find, but that was a big deal. I remember playing that. That was a lot of fun because those early Corsair armies were pretty cool. Yeah. So, but then you look into the context of the armies that still are allowed to take most of their big fun toys aka custodes and knights and it increases their pool by like a hundred percent because you have all these different options and they're pointed pretty effectively like some of the knight stuff can be a little over the top like my lancer with an enhancement hits almost 550 points and my custodians oh hey here are these units that are just kind of okay. And they are either the same price or 50 points more expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Just yeah, it's it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Let's say no an early um domination from Aldari, the Wasp was a really popular unit. And um I noticed a lot of and armies have the, now. Yeah, the, the Hornet, I believe, is what you're thinking. Of. Hornet, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Wrong wrong insect. <laughs> um, I have two of them. I'm like, oh, I should actually finish painting these one these days. And uh, so they've over the years, they've gone from useless to amazing and back again. Um, there was a alternate Wraith Knight. I had one of those in my list for years. Um, that thing was pretty neat. Uh, trying to think what else. I do not own a Tantalus, but if boy, I would love one. Um, those things are actually fairly competitive. Uh, the Dimacaron, I guess, got legend in, so most of the Tyranid stuff that was in Forge World is actually not even playable anymore. Yeah, the the big things that stuck around were the Hero Duels. Yeah, so, those are cool. And yeah, the Hero Duels and the Herodin. So the freaking tyranid dragon thing <laughs> yeah yeah thing is brutal and i think the the bio titan still has rules too but that one i i never plan on owning something that spindly and that heavy yeah yeah that, that thing is it looks really cool but my god yeah that, how would you ever transport that thing and i know people who take that to tournaments every now and then it's kind of a you just Yolo. give it a solid like inch and a half wide acrylic peg underneath its <laughs> gut going hmm. <laughs> yeah. But so, anyway, touching on War Tool's gone. So I was gonna say while we're touching on Eldar, you wanna put on you wanna put on your tinfoil hat, Eric? Sure. And talk about how you discovered that your taluses don't actually have the Drukari keyword? Matter of fact, just about every, you know, I was going to go through the rest of the list, but I, I quickly looked at Scourges, I looked at Witches, and I looked at a few other, and I think Kabbalah Warriors. Yeah, they do not have the Drukhari keyword. Um, I will pull it up again live on the air here. Let's pull it up here. Um, da, 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 let's pick a unit, any unit. Let's go with the humble Kabbalah Warrior here. Let's scroll down the keywords according to the live app. They are Infantry, Cabal, Battle Line, Eldari. Cabalite Warrior. The only Jukari that shows up as the faction keyword. 
but as their core keyword data, they are still listed as Eldari, which begins me to wonder all those units that are still Forge World, but not Forge World, excuse me, uh, Finecast. Does that mean eventually will this army get folded into the Eldari Codex, much like Harlequins did and Corsairs? It wouldn't surprise me if it did. That would just make it the biggest book next to Space Marines. <laughs> well, that's a good point. I mean, it's it, it's basically the other, yeah, because you could probably do the same thing for Chaos. You throw in the demons and the space, Chaos Space Marines into one codex. Well, that one is a little bit iffy because demons have enough variety in all of their different demon keywords, whereas Chaos Space Marines, you would make the book utterly gigantic if for some reason you decided to slap Thousand Suns, Death Guard, and World Eaters with the rest of the Chaos Space Marines again. Which will not happen. That's true. Unless they do it the same way they do. I never understood why they always the Space Marine chapters like Blood Angels and Dark Angels always got a supplement whereas Chaos Space Marines they like shoehorned Thousand Suns into their own codex. It's like what? Just, to, just follow the same blueprint. It worked. But yes, we can put the twin foil hat away and move on to actually more important things. <laughs> Indeed. So several events over the weekend, some of which uh, we'd love to report on, but one particular, we're trying to figure out what's going on with the Coventry GT, which is by far the largest event of the weekend. And uh, it appears that, um, well, they may not have finished yet, which, which happened with the London GT, but as I'm going through it, I don't see anything that they're actually playing beyond Sunday night. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Yeah, that's. I was excited to look at that one because I saw Vic Vijay's name show up on table one for the fifth round and it looked like he won his game. So it was a, well, let's see how they rounded out. Oh, well, I don't know where anyone placed. Yeah, so. Hopefully we'll be able to get to the standings at a by next episode, but as of today, no. Oh, here's something weird. As I go into um, Buscope's pairings, I was looking at something else up. Some of the results are showing up. Hmm, this is weird. Well, hmm. Let me try something else uh, while we're talking here. Yep, like maybe it was... Like I jokingly said, maybe it's because the TO didn't hit the event end button. <laughs> but that could very well have been it. Hold on. Let's event. Uh, Let's. I'm going through it on the, the app on my phone. Maybe it shows up that way rather than the website. Very very strange. But fairly active weekend. Very slow in terms of news. In terms of uh, new models or anything like that, especially from the 40k standpoint. Uh, we do have the WCW next weekend, and supposedly there is a preview session uh, beforehand. So hopefully we'll have some new models to talk about, or probably just a codex announcement. I honestly think it's going to be more of, we finally get to learn what models are going away from the Necron range. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot all about that. I kind of just tuned into, oh okay, they got that new... Uh, uh, Necron Lord that's kind of phasing in and it's got all the swirliness. I was like, that looks pretty cool. But I forgot that they're actually getting rid of stuff, too. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just going to be 
some of the fine cast characters, maybe like the generic Lord and then like less used characters like Onrikir. That'd be too bad. Those are, he was a cool character. Taking over my god dang knight and making you shoot the other one with it. Screw him. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I'm worried about is you also have um, uh, Zandrek and I forgot the, his bodyguard's name. Oberon. Oberon. He was really cool back in the day when he first came out. Yeah. Like, I know they still do stuff right now because they have index cards, but at the same time, it's they need to cut the corners somewhere. And if they're cutting three units, you cut Zondrek, you'd have to cut Oberon. Or they get crazy with it, and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, no, we'll just slap them into one data sheet. You know, back in the day, the way it worked was, um, uh, whatchamacallit, he, uh, you could take Zandrek if you had the other one. Uh, you could take Oberon if you had Zandrek, and it wouldn't take up an HQ slot. So you could actually have an extra... Mm-hmm. HQ slot. So that might not be a bad idea that you take the two of them. Yeah, so that would chop off one data sheet. Chopping off the normal Lord would cut another one. And then I really do feel that the person who's on the chopping block is either on Rick here or, as sad as I am to say it, Trazen. No! Oh, say it isn't so. The Grand Collector himself. <laughs> will not be collectible. That'd be hilarious. No, it's terrible. He was, um, I actually have him. He was one of my favorite characters when it first came out. Like the whole idea. Yes, I very much like the idea of the grumpy old man that keeps coming back to take your stuff. <laughs> Just the little things like, oh, I have one of those. You have one of what? That, that thing you're talking about. Wait, the greatest hero of our generation? You have one? What are you talking about? And then you see like this space marine in stasis. Yeah, over there. <laughs> I think it's over here. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> it's somewhere in here. I get lost yeah. in here all the time. But yeah, I think aside from that and then Admech coming out afterwards, it's going to be pretty quiet news until we see what comes out in the stream at the WCW. But until then, I think we might as well get the one-day event out of the way, wouldn't you say? Sure. Let's get knocked that out. Yeah, Coventry uh, still does not have their... Um, standings have not been released by the TO, so we'll have to figure out what's going on there. Yep. So for those of you who have not played in very many events, there was a concept that the U.S. kind of created because we're all crazy. And that's the concept of an Iron Man GT. So it's you play five or even six games all in one day with like no break in between each round and like no lunch break. So, yeah, cram in your games as fast as you can. So that way you can eat. (laughs) And Inkland decided to copy us at least once in a blue moon for literally the Iron Man one day GT out in farsley england it had a nice healthy 30 players and the top five are something like james holland with gray knights joe senior with eldar james raymond with eldar second place is jacob wells with gray knights and then first place is george elton with votan just a matter of time votan have been very um competitive of late Mm-hmm. So that was just a matter of time before they were going to show up on the top tables there. So 
Oh yeah, yeah. The the judgment token thing, having played against it like once or twice so far, is mean. It is real, real mean. The fact that they can just hit four units with plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I was I have, I have yet to play against the new the new Votan. Um, so I'll be curious to see how it all works out. But I heard a guy's a couple players talking about it at today's uh, RTT. Um, seems like it's much more balanced and just a, a it's kind of a static build you know you do, you're not seeing the mm -hmm. land fortress as much you see a lot more Sagittars, but they just kind of uh you know just pound it out so something something over there must die let's just shoot at it bang yep there's not as much shooting as tau but the shooting is meaningful so it will hit you it will wound you and it will do damage Whereas Tower just rolling at like a billion dice. Right. But I don't think it gives up as many secondaries as um, Tau does. Yeah, because the Votan pay a premium for their base, like Toughness 5, and all of their crazy guns and stuff like that. So they're more elite in that fashion compared to Tau, where they're only elite if they choose to take like a whole bunch of crazy suits. That's the way I kind of look at it anyway. Okay. So... Anyway, congratulations. I'd like to see that they finally got onto the win table and um trying to have to take a look um I'll take a look at that while we're talking here is uh to stat check to see are that's any other faction that's still waiting for their first win in the new edition. Yep. It was just a matter of time because I know last week was really crazy, like Admech won an event, Death Guard won an event. Like, Looks like not... de death yeah. Um since the Codex, let me scale it back here. We'll do Leviathan one point. We'll just do all. Here we go. Um, the only faction not to win a large event is Grey Knights. But they're getting up there, though. People are figuring out the tricks on how to go, yeah, I like being where you're not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then from there, we stay in england for a little bit and we land at the gravel pit gt number two which is just a hilarious name for an event by the way and, and it's a very surprised necron warrior <laughs> he looks very confused yes but the top five are something like this david lenuski i hope i say that right or lineski whatever with Necrons, of all things. <laughs> I mean, it's expected to see Necrons in the top bunch, because, yeah, they just don't die. Fourth heard a place... lot about that <laughs> today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fourth place is Simeon Pollard with Blood Angels. Third place is Ben Jace Ackroyd with Eldar. Second place is Doug Tabor with Votan. And in first place is Aiden Smalley with Death Guard. Wow. Haven't Death Guard starting to make a comeback now. I'm going to say there's Mortarian. Nope. No, there's no Mortarian. Surprise. A couple of Putrefires, Terminator Sorcerer, a Blightspawn, Lord of Contagion, Typhus, and then a lot of Plague Marines, some Rhinos, Terminator, Terminator, three Crawlers, and then Nerlings. So this is the you can't kill all of us at once there, friend. <laughs> Yeah, there's one massive 
brick of plague marines and then the rest of them are all like five man is the way it looks like so the guy gives up yeah the guy potentially gives up assassinate by a lot because <laughs> that's six characters <laughs> seven there's one two three four five six seven yeah but otherwise you need to choose through the rest of the plague marines first but yeah it's exciting to see death guard up in the top tables again, even though they don't get as much play as something like world eaters, but within the top 10 of this event, there's two death guard and one world eaters oh. and not a single Eldar until, until the second page. What is this? <laughs> it is very unusual. Well, if you're looking at, I'm looking at the stat check right now. Eldari overall have a 60% win rate since the Space Marine Codex came out, but only 7% of their players actually go 4-0. So it's interesting. They're winning a lot of games, but they're no longer being the dominant I win tournaments by playing Eldar. So, Yep. And believe it or not, there were no Eldar players at this event. That's really weird. There was one Space Elf of the dark variety who came in mm. 26 going three and two mr william gosling but yes congratulations to the top five performers of this event i'm going to read this custodes list later <laughs> making quick notes yeah yeah so at that point we we hop back over to the united states to i believe that's indiana Fort Wayne, Indiana. I think so, yes. With a solid 63 players. And the top five are Jimmy Borovilos <laughs> Eldar. I don't know why I struggled with that B. In fourth place is Jake Gray with Imperial Guard. In third place is Folger Piles with Eldar. In second place is Joshua Minich with Iron Warriors. And then first place is Garrett Stacy with Death Guard. Another Death Guard player. What is going on? They wish to split the plague. Just so. My goodness. Now this one is has a Mortarian floating around in it with three crawlers and three brigands. Okay, that's very different. The other one is like all infantry. This one's like entirely mechanized. Very interesting. Right, there are plague marines and stuff in here still, but it's I our friend Don played something similar to that today, and um, imagine how silly it sounds when you go, "Oh, hey, I shoot at the closest thing. That makes me AP minus two on my chain gun. Oh, your saves are reduced by one because of Mortarian. I have effectively AP three chain guns." Ow. That does not sound pleasant at all. And then AP6 Meltaguns. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's mean. Mm. But congratulations anyway to the top five performers at the Rumble on the Rivers. Because, yeah, two Eldar, the guard player played his butt off. like <laughs> Only losing one game to someone who is not in the top five then I think we're going to take a detour out to Texas for the San Antonio shootout here. 
That is a terrifying looking orc. <laughs> and the top five are these folks. We have Noah Pope with Eldar. Fourth place is Vyasar Gannison with Tyranids. Third place is Travis Gray with World Eaters. And second place is Apollo Chang with Eldar. And first place, we have a perfect 500 score. George Bobkov. There we go. Uh, a perfect score with Cast Face Marines of a 500. Wow. Yeah, Cast Face Marines are definitely becoming the new uh, boogeyman when it comes to the top of the rankings. So, Yeah, Forge Fiends suck. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of definitely a must-take right now. I think every army has two of them in them. Oh, oh, only two of them? Nah, nah, I expect like three of them things. Yeah, and they have a 13% of the uh, yeah, Space Marine players uh, are making, defi- are going four now, so. Yep, and then our second to last event, if Eric actually wants to talk about RCT today, that's up to him, is the Battle Brothers GT. This one was a sizable 90 players. So stiff competition all the way around, probably. Indeed. Yep. In fifth place is Jeff Payne with Eldar. In fourth place is John Casey with Chaos Race Marines. In third place is Mark Hurdle with Ultramarines. Second place is Steven Soroka with Thousand Sons. And then first place, he's Dub War Boss because he went he had the highest score of undefeated player with orcs. Nice. Yeah, that one, they have three undefeated players. That's a little weird, but I'll take it. That's a little odd. How many rounds was this? It was five rounds. Okay, that's probably why. Probably had an issue with the hall. Said you you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, and you can't play your game here either. (laughs) (laughs) But yep, let's see what... These orcs be looking like beast boss, beast boss, Nava, smash a squig, normal war boss, mega war boss, weird boy, snagger boys, four trucks, a battle wagon, Gretchen, mega knobs, knobs, two units of squig hug boys, two units of storm boys, and one unit of war bikers. Nice. Yep, that's an orc list for you. It's real punchy. I'm surprised we haven't seen more orcs more close to the top. Uh, wonder what it is that um, it's the question of players is not getting it, but also what they you know the new Christmas boxes coming out. That new orc Christmas box has got pretty much everything you need to play the new orcs. <laughs> it's kind of like a what was the box that they had when they they first launched the beast snaggers? It's pretty much a redo of that. Yeah, from the looks of it. The only thing that you don't see a lot of play right now is the kill rig. But, I mean, the kill rig is still a big, beautiful, squig-filled model. So, I would still get it. That's true. Yeah, the but double ha- kill rig list. Yeah, I haven't seen those in a while. I you got a good point there. Yep. I'm still happy with Terrence and Philip, and I don't need any more kill rigs. <laughs> so... Eric, if you feel like there's enough time, we can totally cover our little RTT today. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's nice to get some get some uh, hands in the dirt and figure out that you know, get actually on the table side. So that was kind of fun. Uh, 
thank you to Mark Fowles for running the event. And uh, I actually got to play. It was kind of cool. So uh, felt really good to actually play for once. And uh, a couple things. Yeah, some of the, the boogeymen that we talk about on this show, you know, when you get to see it in person, I was kind of like, oh, interesting. So um, who was your first round opponent there, Robert? My first around my first round opponent was Sean. He had Chaos Space Marines. He had three Forge Fiends. Now is he taking the, the Gatling cannon version or the uh ectoplasm no, launcher? No, they were all plasma. Okay. Three mouths of plasma. Uh two and a half forge fiends worth of shooting. Killed all of my terminators except for the captain. Hmm. So question for you. One thing, when I saw your army, I was just like, wait a minute, where, A, where's the rest of it? And number two, I mean, what changed, I guess, used to be the bikes used to just rip through my army, like just pick up units left and right. You had no bikes in it anymore. Uh, no Trajan. It was very odd. I was like, what, what's, what's Robert doing here? Well, the, the list I brought today was one unit of Custodian Guard, one unit of Wardens, one unit of Terminators, two Caladiuses, some Prosecutors, a Rhino, and an Evasor Assassin, with a total of three Captains. It was because when I was playing the old list that only had Custodian Guard in it, there was no reason for me to double up on, like, double or triple up on Captains. So I could go two captains in Trajan because of the no modifier stuff. Okay. But that's good for custodian guard because they get to reroll wounds and stuff. The wardens don't get to do any of that. They don't get to reroll anything at all. So, okay, I bring the wardens. I want to give them a shield captain. So that way, when they charge, I can get lethal and, lethal and sustain hits or minus one to be hit and whatever I feel is necessary for hitting back yeah several times you kept going my guys are kind of squishy um so you're going with the uh sustained hits one i was like oh interesting it it's simply because when i was punching your infantry when we played and yes by the way people eric beat me up hey <laughs> hey hey you were literally trying to scratch my cleus's paint with reavers and they didn't do a god dang thing uh... We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but no, the, the concept was I have different hammers for different things, and the wardens are the rubber mallet. They're just really, really durable because they get a once per game four up field no pain to everything. And if you shoot at them with higher than strength six guns, they get minus one to wound. So it's that's the durable unit. The Custodian Guard are the Swiss Army Knife, and then the Terminators are the... I want that thing over there dead. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, those things were... And they're remarkably durable, too. I was just, like, threw a whole bunch at it, and it... Ugh. Okay. Anyway, getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But playing against Sean, we were on table layout one, so it was very crowded in the middle. So neither his forge fiends or my Cleuses get to see and shoot each other on the first turn, which is fine. First, first turn play pretty passive, just touch objectives, not a big deal. The second turn though, 
he brought in all eight of his obliterators, a unit of warp talons, and nurglings and other small stuff like that. I decided to rapid ingress my terminators, which was a mistake. Because I placed them, he fired overwatch, and killed two terminators in overwatch. And then proceeded to shoot at them again with both of the forge means I could see them. And only the captain was left. How did the uh, warp talents work out? Because that's another hot new tech that we're seeing, especially ones with Slanesh, so they get the advance in charge. At that point, they're similar to the purpose of like Storm Boys and your Mandrakes, where they can start in deep strike and they can land in corners, and they're only five dudes. So they're objective grabbers, they're action doers. And they just happen to, you know, give a lot of hugs with their pair of lightning claws. Yeah. Okay. So they are okay. This is the more action monkeys then, because that was you know, their their old version was there pretty much a missile. You know, you launch that something and just let it shred. So. Yeah. But no, it was still a fun game with him, nonetheless. Sure, um, my dice failed a lot, but I probably did make some tactical errors where. I shouldn't have been aggressive against him. I should have been more passive and just sat in the middle with my custodian guard and my wardens and going, yeah, no, if you walk in the middle, you're dead. Like these are my two objectives, but no, I chose to try and be the aggressor, which put me in bad positions. So that way I could be shot by forge fiends. And yeah, I accept my L's because I messed up. Yeah, for me, turn one, uh, round one was against the the boogeyman of uh, Space Marine list. It's pretty much the typical. It starts with three whirlwinds, two redemptive dreadnoughts, and um, smattering of uh, whatever you'd like to add. But the key thing, this uh, particular opponent had two lancers, and also the key thing that I did not pick up on quick enough was the tech marines that just pretty much put the redemptors back together again. Uh, if you think Necron warriors. Bricks are annoying. You should see this. So, yeah, and I believe your opponent Aaron was playing Black Templars also. Yep. So on top of really solid shooting out of everything, they actually could really, really hurt in melee as well. Yep. And it was the I just blanked on the name Iron uh, Storm. Yeah, the Iron Attachment. Storm Spear. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, long story short, he, for some odd reason, I'm still trying to figure out why he did this, uh, he put both the Lancers in reserve. So, and then he moved his Redemptors to the, the middle objective. Uh, I remember something with this, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I know secondaries, I had to play a little more aggressive than I wanted to because the secondaries really um, were advantageous. It was one of those, okay, I can throw one of these forward and pick up some much-needed secondary points because I probably, I was really concerned would I be able to deny this guy primary or not and I remember he had both his redemptors pretty close together and open fired with all my haywire and it basically whiffed and I think one of my dark lances actually hit and the tech marine which was behind a wall I couldn't actually get to him uh, anytime soon has an ability I think once per phase I'm just I, one attack gets reduced to zero damage so basically he nullified every time I got a big dark lance hit, it was just okay, nope, we're gonna just <laughs> we're gonna turn that one to a zero. So I never every time I damaged a um dread, it just got healed back up again. 
So as I'm like throwing more stuff at this thing, and I'm I'm losing models, and uh, eventually just I just got killed on uh, primary, and then eventually it was just like running out of units. So I think it was it was pretty much over by turn four. So, so frustrating. Um, I've never done well against the um, in every in multiple editions when there's that much indirect fire, because basically his his uh, dreads could pop over my transports, and then I've got all these. T3 um, one wound infantry running around that easily get picked up by indirect fire from the whirlwinds. Mm -hmm. And if I believe the theory of that list, they keep a character with like vulture discipline or something like that, like something that gives out lethal hits or something or sustained something hits like that as well. Yeah, to the whirlwinds or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he had something like that back there as well, and it just was almost like it was kind of pointless anyway. Because I mean, he does enough damage with um, the whirlwinds as it, against my army. So once he's shooting at softer targets, it just picked him up. But I think that was the hard part. Was like, you no, know, my army is all about positioning, and and uh, didn't matter whether it was a, a ruin in the way or something like that. With indirect fire, they can as long as you're in range, you can be hit. So I was like, ooh, this is not working out. But the biggest thing was, yeah, poured my army into it. I could have probably squeezed a few more shots here and there, maybe a little bit more positioning. But um, I knew so if I don't kill at least two dreads by turn three, yeah, this game's over. And top of three, they were both completely healed um, back together. I was like, oh, okay, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, rough start. But then the best game of the day... Indeed. So yeah, so Robert and I got to play each other, and I've not played Robert's Custodes in a while. I think back when we were testing 10th edition, based on the rumors, was probably the last time. Mm -hmm. So I still, yeah, had a lot of fun playing those games, but also had very strong memories of, I fire everything in and kill, like, two guys. I'm like, especially I remember when we got the actual um, figuring out that the Custodes were like, like seven the toughest seven some yeah. of those guys your custodies i was like what the I, hell i remember that game because that was i brought a land raider and i because i didn't know that trajan couldn't attach to the terminators until the index cards came out i put trajan in a unit of terminators so i was like okay they move five inches there you can't modify anything so but it ended up being the right idea. I just put the wrong units together, not knowing what could join what. So this was another one where the secondary cards kind of dictated play a little bit more for me. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but by opening cards where there was a there was a quite a few points. Actually, I should probably pull up the scoreboard. That would probably make it a lot easier to remember. <laughs> yeah, you had extend battle lines and secure no man's land. Yeah, so two opportunities to get. In into the mid fray. So my, my usual tactic of, Oh, I I'm turn one, just hide and sulk. And until a better opportunity shows up on turn two or three, uh, was that an option? So I knew against Robert, I would probably have to score quickly. And, um, so that put me a little more for, for uh, further forward than I would like, but, um, I was able to pick up some points real fast, but that pretty much dictated, especially because there was a lot in the middle, and a lot that was squishy. And at that point, uh, we're also playing the ritual. So we got to create our own uh, objectives left and right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we spawned two objectives 
and I took fixed objectives against you because you brought four Venoms, four Talos, and then the Void Raven Bomber. So that's 19 points. And Michael says, look at your things funny. More often than not, they die, except for your Taloses. Those gosh darn things being seven wounds. <laughs> it's the bane of my existence. Yeah, I was taking a page from the uh, Space Marines as well, because I, I take Yurian, and he auto-heals them three wounds. It's not a D3, it's an automatic three wounds, which was nice. And uh, the other, the standard Homoculus does not have that ability. And so that's another way to keep them up, and also make sure I had the uh, command point lying around. I think it's Insensible to Pain is the name of the stratagem, where I make a minus one to be wounded. So... Added to their durability, um, probably looking at. Do I, I? I'm debating how do I find the points for a fifth and a sixth one at this point. Mm-hmm. The I also took deployed teleport homers because it was on sweeping engagement, so it's a much shorter trip across the table. But because I was going first and I didn't want to lose my Evasaur right away. My Evasaur was the one that spawned the first objective, and my Custodians deployed a homer in the middle of the table. And then from there, it was a me trying to find a way around your army that could start doing homers in your DZ. But everything else that wants to destroy my stuff was right around the corners of like, well, if I go out there... I'm exposed and I'm not even in your deployment zone. So there's no reason for me to go out that far. So yeah, it took me three turns to get stuff like my Rhino and my Evasaur into your deployment zone, which kind of hurt. <laughs> but it's wild when you did, because that was one of the things like, okay, here comes a lowly Rhino. I'll just pop it. And it took two turns to kill it. I was like, what the hell? Um, a lot of my big guns just weren't firing, and it's kind of the theme for the whole day. I, I did not inflict a single wound with any of my heat lances the entire day. Yep, I can attest to your six dice. You rolled all twos. And in some cases, these guys were even empowered to get re-rolls. You know, it's just like trying to get milk some hits out, at least. It didn't happen. Uh, that was really frustrating. Uh, the scourges with dark lances... The internet darlings of Drukari. Oh, you must have them. The fact that I don't have three of them in my list, I, I'm doing something wrong. They didn't do squat. Uh, they said game one, every time they, they got a got, got a hit, they got nullified by the tech marine. Um, no. Uh, how many times I took shots at your Kaladesis and did not do any damage? I was like, what the heck? So I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with those guys, if they're going to stay in the list or not. They kind of flutter around and miss a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I think the theory behind the Scourges is very much like the Mandrakes, where they have guns, but you don't use them for the guns. You use them for like the easy investigate signals and engage and all that stuff. Maybe. Don't know. So I was, yeah, very disappointed with those. I was just like, did not understand the hype. I mean, it was kind of cool to be able to move and shoot, but this they never did damage. Like, never lived up to... Like, for 120 points, I'm going like, 
yeah, you're not quite doing it. And every because you move and shoot because they, and they're you know hitting on four ups because what used to be a heavy weapon rules. You know, they, you get the plus one if you stand still because they're bopping back and forth. You know, all the time. I always had to sink a uh, pain token into them so they could be similar, get some semblance of hitting effectively. And even that didn't help. So it was weird. I don't know. Yeah. But by the end of the game, you did chew away most of my infantry, except for my wardens. You never touched those, which was smart. Because <laughs> those things are just, hey, anti infantry three. Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> two up, two up, two up, two up. Oh, hey, a three up. Duh. Um, but the game ended up being yours by a whopping six points. Yeah, it's pretty tight. So, yeah, it was close there at the end. There, it was just like you know, Robert uh, pulled ahead on his turn, and then bottom of my turn, I was like, okay, what do I have to do to get the points? So I was like, there we go. So. Yeah, the the downfall was very much the delayed access of doing homers in your deployment zone and not having my Caladius, Caladius's ice of vehicle every, every single time they shot. Like, because there was one Venom that lived and shooting at your Talos did basically nothing. Hmm, it's interesting because yeah, it's felt like the Talos weren't quite as durable as they used to be. So I don't know. I thought it shouldn't you find them that durable. Well, it it was like the first time I shot at them, I only did three damage. It instantly went away. And then the next time I shot at them, I put the last guy down to a wound. I was mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yep. Um then Round three for both of us was kind of interesting because you got thrown into the lion with a knight errant running around. Yeah, that was unique. Who did you pull for round three? I got paired into Imperial Guard. Oh, okay. We don't have too many guard players in our, our local area, so. Nope, but I had to stare down two tank commanders, a Punisher Lehman Russ, two Rogel Dorns, and stupid guy on a horse. There's like no infantry in this list. Oh my god. There's there's a unit of Kriegsmen, a platoon command squad, and fifteen scions. And a Calidus assassin. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it is here's all my big tank. I roll lots of dice, it goes away. Um and we were doing Scorched Earth GW, that was our first. <laughs> And it was it was another fun close game. I won by six points because he had two basilisks, and so my terminators dropped in and dealt with those on turn two. And from there, it was very much a all right, cool. Where are you going to put your Dorns when they come in on turn two or turn three? Chemically, you see them? Okay. <laughs> Wait, he reserved his Dorns. So Leontis has an ability that before the roll-off to see who goes first, he can shove three units. He can redeploy three units, Mm -hmm. and he can shove them into strategic reserves beyond the 500-point limit. Oh, that's kind of nifty. So it was very much... um, He hid 
his he yeah he hid the Lehman Russ both tank commanders in strategic reserves and then his scions were deep striking so I think for all those Lehman Russes that's still under 500 points I wouldn't know offhand but then it was basically agreed because he hadn't deployed the Dorns yet right okay um before we roll off to see who goes first, Leontis is just going to shove both Dorns and then one of the Lehman Russes, if he couldn't hide all three of them already, into reserves. So he had a whopping four units on the table, turn one. Oh, not very guard sounding. <laughs> but no it, Yeah, the carpet yeah. Of, of, of bodies usually is what I think of guard. <laughs> But the one thing I will say is it played he played the mission very well against me because yeah, my terminators dropped in turn two. They ate a basilisk for breakfast. Oh. And they got the other one down to like eight wounds. And then from there it was Oh hey. Was that Rogaldorn always there? Yeah, I think so. Well crap. And the Rogaldorn's did not perform very well into my custodians, but they were still alive at the end of the game because my Cleuses couldn't do dilly squat to them. Manner <laughs> details. So I think yours is honestly more interesting than my game. Yeah. So once again, I get thrown into uh, Space Marines. Uh, a little different though. First of all, it's a Dark Angels list. It's still the same detachment in the uh, Iron I can't, what, Iron Storm Spearhead. I think it's called. Uh, a little different, though, he uh, skewed the... So it's all the dreads. He No whirlwinds, which I thought was a... I don't know. He, I was happy not to see them. Let's put it that way. But he replaced it with a uh, full-size knight, and uh, which was like, oh, God, I don't know if I have enough to deal with a you know, full knight at this point. Because right now, most knights lists are bringing... Uh, the war dogs or the equivalents. So I'm like, yeah, those I can deal with. So I really don't have that much uh, concentrated or heavy shots type things to deal with uh, a, a full size knight. So I was like, uh oh, this could be a problem. And um, you know, really, what um, I picked up from our game two against Robert was if you show enough, shoot enough with the splitter cannons, they eventually will kill something. Mm -hmm. And they did generate enough shots. So I was a little more aggressive with my Venoms uh, than I probably have ever been. And um, lo and behold, I was able to start mowing down a couple of units, at least getting them, uh, reducing their size. He had a squad of Inceptors that never really had a chance to do anything. I was able to mow them down and opened up my whole left flank. Because basically I only deployed on one half of my deployment zone. And um, that got him a little spooked because he had a whole bunch of stuff that was kind of just on the opposite side of the table, just taking up space. So he says, well, I have my knight in reserve. I'll just come out on that side. And I said, oh, I really don't have an answer for this knight. So I eventually move blocked him so he never got out of his uh, deployment zone until turn five. Yep, and looking at his list, he brought the Anvil Siege Force, which is slightly different than the iron spear because this oh. one it turns all of your weapons into heavy weapons so if you stay still you get the plus one to hit what you diddly do 
But if it's already heavy, if you remain stationary, on top of the plus one to hit, you also get plus one to wound. That's pretty good. So I believe that's extremely helpful on things like the Vindicator and then the two Redemptor Dreadnoughts because they're very hard to chew through. And then, yeah, the Fire Strike Silver, the Fire Strike Servo Turret. This is the second time I've ever seen it put on the table. <laughs> the thing's only moves four inches, so it might as well stand still. But yeah, all of that would get plus one to hit, plus one to wound. And then you have the, the crazy trio of Azriel, Lazarus, and the lion himself. But yeah, I am I am very happy that you got to come out and play Derek and show that you you still got a lot of teeth in those pointy sticks of yours. Yeah, yeah, it worked out well. Um, definitely sticking to the game plan. And you know, I was kind of going to joke. Well, Scar didn't play this weekend, so maybe I will become the most successful Jakari player on the weekend. But uh, not the case. Um, I did get a quick glance as we were trying to figure out the issues with the Coventry GT. Uh, Polly Wallace won five and one, so I'd be curious to see where his final rankings. Um, I'm sure he'll talk about it on the uh, Real Space Raid uh, podcast. But the the strategy pretty much stays the same. You know that denying uh, primary is the the way to win with Jukari, which I suppose has good and bad uh, ways of. So in team play, it would be super awesome because you basically rob your opponent of points. In this setting, I was uh, two and one. And I was at the bottom of the two-in-one bracket simply because even though I won my games, uh, I was holding my opponent's um, low points when I won, but I also wasn't scoring a lot. This is not the army that gets uh, you know, multiple 100s in a weekend. So it was um, good learning experience there, getting to see the Space Marines in play. I think really what it came down to, especially the difference between the first game and the third game, was he spread his out. So I was able to pick them off one by one. I uh, found out the hard way. Um, Primarchs actually hurt <laughs> uh, the lion uh, he, in one round of combat. Killed two Talos <laughs> in one swing. I was just like, wow, that was ugly. And probably could have killed a third if I uh, had one in, in engagement range at that point. But um, yeah, that was kind of scary. But the rapid ingress trick with the uh, reaver jet bikes definitely paid off in both the second and third games. So, so taking a note down to beat Eric, keep custodian guard on home objective. <laughs> yeah, well, you can just keep keep your bus there. My God, how many times did I shoot at that dumb thing and could not hurt it? I'm like, what the heck? Watch the next game you play me will most likely be with my knights, and then your heat lancers are just like, like yeah, no, six is all day, bro. <laughs> but it's like that all night, all afternoon. I was like, they they did not inflict a single wound, all not once. I was like, what the heck? So very disappointing. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, what would we'll be changing yet. Part of me says don't change anything, get a couple more reps into it, but. Uh, the Void Raven bomber was either spectacular or disastrous, depending on which game it was. Game one, I got killed right after it came in. I kind of shot some stuff, didn't do that much, and got picked up right away. Whereas, um, I'm trying to remember in our game if it uh, game two if it really did um, that much. No, it very much did the same thing of showing up, popped a couple of terminators, and then 
because it stood still long enough. I went, hey, yeah, oh, my Cleus floats over here, looks at it funny. Boom. <laughs> yeah, so that's maybe one of, you know, maybe better to have rapidly egressed that one. Um, but on the other hand, it did take out a good chunk of the Terminators, you know, so that that was mm-hmm. kind of did its job. So I was like, I was kind of hoping it would pick up, like, and, and then in the third game, it was the opposite. It It came on and it just picked up marine units left and right and my opponent was just like what how much and you know he picked up trying to remember what they were basically his stern guard that we put forward and whatever he had on the home um objective one round of shooting eliminated both squads and the character so i was just like just picking up pain tokens left and right i was like oh neat all right so I'm not sure if it's going to stay on the list or not. It, it was still very effective. Yep. The one thing I will say is because that's an aircraft and it flies, I literally don't get to interact with it besides shooting at it. Well, most armies don't right now. And yeah. uh, there's not that much assault to begin with. And uh, the other thing, too, is its flyers or aircraft specifically have the old towering role, which came into play multiple times you know where i'm like okay um i can see you and like what you can see me but they're not used to that anymore so mm-hmm. so if you kept the void raven in it would give me an excuse to test out a list that's heavier in my bike squads so that way it's a oh yep nope um here's three shots of strength nine ap2 flat three damage and I get Lance on my strength seven spears, so I'm wounding you on three, wounding you on fours. Yeah, yeah that would be bad. So, but my bikes are also capped at three bodies for the unit at eighty points a bike. Yeah, whatever happened to the big five and six? Um, they took away the five man. Uh, the shield captain still exists, so I can run around with a four man squad of bikes if I really wanted to. Also. Uh, my bikes stay toughness six, but they lost a wound, hmm. so they're back down to four wounds. That's still quite a few. Yeah, but it's not a Terminator though, right? Yeah, I remember when you tell me, "Oh, the Terminators have that many wounds." I was like, "What? Holy cow!" I was expecting three wounds each. And I was like, "Nope." <laughs> nah, nah. They chunky. They appropriately statted a T seven with four wounds. <laughs> insane but um all the other days uh surprise of the weekend um theory hammered it and it's like oh this will work great and let me try it in in practice but uh lilith as an assassin worked out really really well oh yeah no she ate my shield captain for breakfast yeah so uh i was going back and forth all all week do i go with lilith and with witches or do i go with drazar because drazar comes with precision to start with, once per game, he can make himself a precision. Whereas Lilith, I would have to rely on the epic um, challenge stratagem. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, let me. I thought for some reason, I went with Lilith this time around. And um, yeah, that worked pretty well. Obviously, my first game was a waste of time because he didn't have any infantry. I couldn't get to the. Um, I have to rethink that. I have to look at that again and look at the maps and the pictures. So maybe I could have gotten to those tech marines and reduce some of that, but uh, in our game, yeah, I took out the shield captain, and then she probably died on the counterattack. Two custodians. <laughs> yeah. 
There's no surprise there. And um, and then the same thing. He, she went up. Uh, my Dark Angel's opponent blew out the um, Venom, so they piled out and uh, was able to get into close combat. And I was able to bring the line down to six wounds. <laughs> oh, wow. Alone. Yeah, just with Lilith alone. <laughs> Like that's the lion terrifies my custodians because he fights first with so many attacks. Yeah. Yeah. The fight first was definitely very scary. And the, um, I didn't know he just flat damage four. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, nah, I charged my terminators into that. Nah, man. Nah, we're not throwing our terminators into that. Yeah. So I forgot he had some sort of, but he was looking at me like, wait, you're only damage one? He says, yep, you're just going to get with a lot of damage one right now. <laughs> yeah, I still remember my reaction for when Lilith jumped on my shield captain and I was rolling saves. I was like, okay, that's one dead custodian. That's another dead custodian. And he went, this is on your captain, remember? Oh. And I just rolled my seventh failed save and I went, yeah, no, captain died. <laughs> <laughs> So that was pretty cool. So I think that worked out really well. My um, other strategy, so I added, so on my clipboard there with all my stats, I have a little chart where I keep track of which secondaries have been played by both players. I lost track of what my opponent was doing, but I was keeping track of mine. And um, that tactic worked really well to be card counting because there was definitely times where I knew, you know, this has got to be coming up soon or, you know, and that kind of grouped them into four groups, whether it's a killing or a uh, stand in the place and collect points. And then there's like, do I have to be downfield or is it back in my own area? So basically anything that, for example, behind enemy lines is a stand, but I got to go deep. So I knew I got to put people that I can, can they get to one of its corners uh, in one movement phase? Whereas um, that's one of those, I knew assassin was coming up soon. I was like, okay. Let's, and sure enough, the card came in. I was like, all right, I'm in perfect position for it. Strike. Yeah, that was, that's something that I need to get used to because I myself am also getting used to uh, doing fixed objectives because of the theory crafting of, oh, hey, yeah, let's try this. And doing deploy teleport homers and bring it down against you, I think was the right call. As long as I could effectively pop a venom, kill the guys inside, pop a venom, kill the guys inside. So that way, eventually all that you had left were the Talos. And then I could zone in my, both my Cleuses and my Terminators into them and just go and dead Talos unit and dead Talos unit. So that way I could get my 19 points. That ended up not mattering. Hmm. I did like the fix. That's one of those things. Maybe I am missing out on something. Yeah, because there was a couple times where, like, especially in my third game, like uh, gauging all fronts, I was like, I have to ho hold this objective, so I don't want to be too far away. But then again, you have to be at least three inches away from the other quarter to get points. So I end up like coughing up on that one, and then uh, have to do it in the following turn. To, to get the but I end up getting all four quarters at that point so kind of made up for it so mm -hmm. I don't know I have to look at those fixed ones again and see which ones are 
maybe appropriate at this point. But yeah, when you took fix against me, when you especially would bring it down, I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yep. It's because if you had brought in any other vehicles that were heavier, I probably wouldn't have taken bring it down and tried to be opportunistic of, oh, hey, go stand in a corner. Mm, my rhino's going to run over there. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, overall, uh, pretty good. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, it's a couple tweaks here and here to the list, but I don't know if I'll really, I, I, I don't know. I think if I just want to get some more reps into it and see what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I'm trying to think other revelations. Battleshock definitely was uh, present and became a big issue in a, all our games. So there was like a critical situation where an objective was lost because um, you know it was Battleshocked or the opponent. Oh, okay, fine. They're Battleshocked. I'll just do this and do that. No, you can't play a stratagem anymore. Remember? Oh yeah. So that came up quite a bit. Yep. But I honestly think today was just such a good day because you got to actually come and play. You have not been yeah. able to play in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's been forever. So now it was a lot of fun to play. Look good to see everyone again. Uh, a couple of our listeners, uh, so I met, re-met a couple of folks. And um, so um, it's good to, to touch base with everyone. So it was, it was good. It was uh, really exciting. Looking forward to... 2024 being much more a player focused when it comes to 40k for me and um so yeah looking forward to that and um the fact that they go two and one with such a um underpowered allegedly uh uh faction was was refreshing so imagine with a little practice how, how good i can get so yeah that's very much where i stand with my custodes i've gotten a lot of practice with them I think, though, I need to go back to my here's like two or three units of Custodian Guard and then one unit of Wardens and then kind of everything else to be filler because, yeah, the Terminators are nice to get reroll wounds against all vehicles, monsters, and characters, but they're also like 100 points more expensive. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the winner of our event, uh, Mark Whitaker, he uh, ran World Eaters. So I think his, have we had a chance to really look at, dive into his list? I know I looked at Anthony Vanella's list at one California Cup, um, trying to find uh, comparisons because uh, Anthony said something very interesting on his podcast that he felt that the World Eaters play a lot like Drukhari played in ninth edition when they ran the Thick City list, which was all the grotesques. Mm-hmm. And I try to compare the grotesque to eight bound. And um, to your point, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're significantly better, but they're also significantly more expensive. But sometimes paying more, you get value out of it because um, the eight bound just have an extra AP. They got to think of extra strength. And then they easily can get access to feel no pain from the uh, blood Yahtzee rule. I forgot the real name, but you know what it's called. But um, so I don't know for you, I don't know if you're feeling that. Uh, some of those more expensive models are just worth it. Well, there was a while there where I was doing double Terminator brick and it was, here's one brick with spears and one brick with axes. The axes are the more iffy one because they only get four attacks. They only hit on threes and sure they're swinging around strength nine, but it's all AP one. Hmm. 
So it instantly becomes a, oh, hey, I worsen your AP by one. Well, then you get your normal base save. Literally, when I tell people, hey, I'm hitting you on threes. Why are you hitting me on threes? They naturally hit on threes. Hmm. And they all go, oh, that's bad. I'm like, yeah. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's uh, I have a lot of list archetypes that I can build into. The problem with doing double Terminator brick is that's 700 points in the Terminators by themselves. And then a shield captain for each unit. Yeah, that sounds a little expensive. I don't know. I'll have to bring it. It's just kind of like I think of it's just par for the course for custodies that everything's expensive. So. Oh, yeah, no. The base cost of our custodian guard unit for four bodies is 200 points. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I have anything in my army that's 200 points. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, now that I've gotten all of my league games in with my custodes, I think I'm going to leave them on the hobby rack for right now so that way I can actually finish. I can get more work on painting them. Yeah, I can't wait to see those things finished. The the work in progress that you got on them already. It's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll just need to um, disassemble my Cleases uh-huh. so, so that way I can repaint them properly. And... At that point, go through the rest of my infantry, reprime them, because I have some wardens with axes as well. So it's like, I have access to a bunch of stuff. It's just, I like playing my Terminators, but they're so expensive. (laughs) And also, they just die to a stiff breeze, even though they're bigger, tougher, and have the same exact saves. Right. So... At that point, for any of our listeners that are local here, you'll most likely see me bringing my knights out to play. Yeah, I haven't seen them in a while. It should be pretty cool. Yep, especially because I only got one knight left to paint. Two other notables from this event. Uh, Don Hosen came in second with Death Guard, so kind of keeping the theme of the weekend. Uh, Death Guard uh, podi- getting on the podium in several key events. and But uh, Tim Barwick actually coming in third with Admech, which I thought was interesting. Oh yeah, the the entirety of Admech, the one time, the last time I played them was actually um, Daniel Redenhaus, I think is how you say his last name, as from Xenos Pengzu, and that was that was a very fun game, even though he literally went, yeah, here's like twenty four shots that are anti vehicle two and all this other stuff, and I'm like. All right, you melted a knight. <laughs> yeah, this uh, Tim's list was very different. Where I uh, think uh, Daniel's list was very. Um, it's blanked on the name, not the servitors, the the catafron. Yeah, yeah they, they had breachers and destroyers. Yeah, it seemed like Tim's list was almost all Skatari, a couple of Belisari walkers, and just like lots of bodies on the table. Almost, yeah, he had more bodies on the table than the guard player you played. Yeah, and I can make sense of that because there is a solid idea in um, in bringing more like bringing more horde nowadays because there is a lot of anti tank that's flowing around, which generally doesn't have the blast rule. But the flip side is is you run into something like 
Aaron's Iron Hands list. Here's three whirlwinds. <laughs> and they very much punch through a lot of bodies, but they might not punch through it fast enough. Yeah, that's definitely something I found out. My, the Talos don't hit that hard in close combat as much as they used to. And that, that became... Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, as soon as I get in close combat, I'm going to just blow this thing up. And it didn't happen. I was like, ooh, what's going on? But yeah, that was a very wonderful event. I went one and two. Eric went two and one. So Eric is officially better than me. <laughs> For one weekend, at least. Hey, man, you live through 7th edition. You're better than me in a lot of places. I don't know about that. I was put up a glutton for punishment. But, uh, yeah, that was a good game, uh, good event. And, uh, again, thank you to All Post Games for hosting. And, of course, Mark Follows for being in TO. So I can actually get to play. Yay, everybody wins. Seemed like a pretty cool. Uh, quick update, uh, mid-table obscurity. Uh, no changes since last week. So Eldar, Chaos Space Marines, and uh, Space Marines of uh, the Imperial version uh, still dominate the mid-tables, and uh, based on our experience, we can that seems to be holding true, statistic-wise. So, uh, Robert, anything else to add before we wrap this up this evening? Forge Fiends need a nerf. Don't argue with me. <laughs> it's so funny, those bottles... It's like the first time they've actually done anything. They've been always a dis remarkable disappointment ever since they came out. Now it's like all of a sudden it's like Forge Fiend. Forge Fiend. Okay. Yep. But yes, otherwise I'll be playing my knights a lot more. Probably sneak in a game with Tyranids every once in a while. Maybe dust off my orcs and see how terrible all the buggies are. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten into orcs yet in a, in a very long time. And orcs is one of those factions I just never seem to be able to pick up the win. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But beyond, but beyond that, um, that's kind of our show for this week. So my name's Eric. I'm Robert. And thank you for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. To just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out they're sturdy the boxes help protect your models and if you when you order they come fast the order is right and for a better price than the other guy so go to krcases.com and when you place your order be sure to mention the exterminatus podcast is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com and it will guide you through 78 
different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time. And we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the madmen at reddukegames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.